This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Gunatal. Back again with you guys for another show, for another episode of our Tactical Breakdown series and specifically our report series in which we bring you guys a monthly update of not only Arsenal's loanies, but in this specific show, our youth team as well. Very happy to be joined by Kev, aka Scouting Indoors, aka Next Generation Arsenal. How are you doing, mate? Are you well? I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me, Tom. Um, I'm currently sat on the floor in this room as I'm decorating it, so <laughs> not at the best, but we'll we'll get through it. No worries, fella. No worries at all. Hello to everybody that's joining us in the chat box today. I hope you're doing good and well. Apologies if there's a slight delay. We've been having some issues with the the stream going live and then actually going live on YouTube. So we're hoping that we're bringing you uh, this show very very soon. If it might be a couple of minutes delayed. So if you throw a comment in and you think that I haven't responded to it in a couple of minutes, that's the reason. As to why. Um, but it's been an interesting month, Kev. Obviously, we've not won all our games, and yet somehow we found ourselves top of the league uh, in the PL2, which is which is great. So, yeah, talk to us about this month. Well, I, I know the last time we spoke about this, we we felt that we'd we'd had a real good run of games, but we thought there was some big tests to come, and we were we were kind of asking how would we respond to that and bar that that one kind of blemish against Liverpool, we've we've responded really well and 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 you know we're scoring lots of goals every time every time we take to the field and it's it's really encouraging we, you can see betsy's style is really heavily implemented upon the team there's a consistent system that's implemented which i think has really given the team that stability uh, everyone seems to know that their roles whether they're playing in different positions or, or whether they're in the same position each week so it's it, it's really good to see um, I, guess, I guess we have been helped a lot by having Flo Balogun in the team every week because he mm. just guarantees your goals, doesn't he? And he, he's so prolific. But I think the team in general is just performing really, really well. Um, and yeah, it's it's fantastic to see us top of the league and uh, flying high at the minute. Yeah. Um, um, there's been some really standout performers, which I'm sure we'll we'll talk about. And it's yeah, there's been some exciting games that we've all gotten to see as well. Uh, on Twitch and on YouTube and, and things like that. So it's that's been a massive bonus. I think it's going to be an interesting kind of month going into into November now and if Arsenal can kind of keep the momentum up because there was a big loss during this month. We lost 3-0 to Liverpool and that came off the yeah. back of drawing against Bournemouth as well. 
is it kind of the the character of these Arsenal kids, similar to the first team, actually, you think about how this Arsenal side in the senior setup have gone nine games unbeaten. They've come back some some difficult results like the 0-0 against Brighton, 2-2 against Crystal Palace. But in this sense, they've come back really well with a big win against Everton and another big high-scoring game against Leeds too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the Liverpool game was tough and we all kind of wondered how that would go. And, and Liverpool have some really talented young young players and I'm I'm going to attempt to pronounce the name of the one that sticks out for me. I always, I always sort of get it wrong. And then uh, it's Musialowski. Yes. <laughs> he's a, a really talented player. And I think he, and Glatzel's been around for a while and he's, he's always quite prolific at, at youth level. And I think I saw quite a lot. He's Polish, I think Musialowski. And I saw a lot of them last season as well. And he, really impressed he's he's a he's a good player um so with those attacking players on display there's always that chance that you know goals can go in at at youth level and uh, it just wasn't our day but it didn't seem to perturb us from from the way we've been playing and we responded Mm. really well we went I think the next game was um Everton, wasn't it? Was I think it was on the same night that we were playing um the first team were playing on a Friday was it Villa the Villa game it seemed to recall. Yeah, it was a Friday. Yeah, played at the same time, so we didn't get that opportunity to see it. But you know, Everton are an established youth setup. Their academy is renowned, and they we always get a tough time against Everton. They're always a difficult team to play against. Um, they always produce good players that always go on to have good careers, and and we we blew them out of the water with the usual suspects of Balogun and Salah, and. Um, Alabayosu, who who has been terrific this this season, I think he's our leading assister with five assists in mm. total, um, which has been quite a surprise him at him at, at right wing back. But yeah, there, there has been a lot of sort of su- surprise players that you wouldn't expect popping up with goals and popping up with assists this season. And um, we spoke off camera a minute ago, didn't we, about Zach Swanson and how mm. he's kind of come into the team and. He seems to play somewhere different every game. He, he, you know, he he was the other night. He was at, um, I think, a, a left-sided centre back at one point, and we've seen him play at right wing back. We've seen him play in midfield. Seems to be that kind of Maitland-Niles character that can just go mm. wherever you want him to go, and he gives you kind of consistent six, seven out of ten every game. Um, so he's he's kind of popping up with a few of these back post goals, which have. Which have been good, and as I said, Alabiosu, who who is a really kind of, of I mean, last season he, you looked at him and you didn't quite see someone who could make that step up, but this season he's he's really come on and he's a real powerful runner on that right hand side of right wing back, and he's, you know, he takes big strides and he's very quick, and he he always puts in quite a really good drills in a really nice low cross for someone to just tuck away, and he's got a lot of assists like that, and he's. He sort of position in the team came from Brook Norton Cuffey getting injured and now Brook's back. That that'll be a really interesting battle at right wing back to see who who takes that on. But but yeah, our our form is is continued and, and we just keep winning. Um I think uh, the game the other day was uh was it um against Leeds. Leeds, yeah, that was a back and forth game, wasn't it? And uh, mm. you know, a few old faces, Sam Greenwood playing against us and, and scoring and and uh, yeah, it was fantastic to come back and, and get the result with that game. And and I think 
it sort of uh, takes us nicely into a conversation around someone in probably in the last month's been a, a star player for us, and that's Salah. Yeah, I mean, let's talk about Salah because he yeah. he's had a brilliant month. Three three goals in four games. He obviously earned a call up to the the senior side with the. I was on. The, I was at the the Emirates for that match and. It was frustrating not seeing him come on, especially when we had a substitute available still. It was yeah. five subs you could make on the night. Yeah. We were kind of comfortable at 2-0 and you're thinking, come on, Mikel, like, just just chuck him on, give him those, give him that chance. Yeah. But, but he's been great. And I think obviously there's been a lot of hype around Charlie Patino. And I and obviously when people saw that Salah was called up, there was a lot of kind of stuff around well, why, isn't, why hasn't Patino been called up? But he obviously was yeah. facing an injury at the time as well. Yeah. So... How Salah's I don't want to say he's come out of nowhere but because he hasn't, but yeah, when he was signed as a free agent because he left Feyenoord, of course, previously, and then we signed him up on this deal that in, in the summer where Arsenal really took advantage of the fact that they knew they wouldn't be able to sign young kids from the continent because of the whole Brexit mm-hmm. situation affecting the way in which you can sign on players from the start of 2021. So, what sort of rather 2020? So, when you look at how he's kind of exploded onto the scene and, and beaten out competition in the central midfield area. Is it a surprise to see him be this good or has he always been showing this potential? Well, it is a surprise, but he could have always been this good. Um, I think when we signed him, we, we didn't really know what we were getting. And mm. and then he, he kind of uh, was quickly picked up an injury that was quite a bad injury. So we, we didn't see him for a long time, really. And then when he did come back, it was a handful of appearances and he was kind of playing um, on the right-hand side for a while and kind of, you know, substitute appearances here and there. So we had a real small sample size going into this season of, of what we knew of him. And we still we still really didn't know what to expect or what what we were getting. We just had glimpses of, of quality that we'd seen. Mm. Um, so this season, he's really come into his own and, and kind of stamped his authority on that midfield, which has become a, a, you know, that midfield is best, is is Pitino, Akinola and Salah together. And, and I think it gives, with all three of those players, there's, there's a positional freedom for them to go up and down the pitch. You know, Akinola has is, got, got some likes to sit, but he's got these box-to-box qualities where he can drive forward. Patino can go on these runs. He, he's that good where he just skips by people. Um, and Salah can do the same. So the interplay back and forth between the trio is, re- is really impressive for me. And Sa- Salah has all these qualities coming deep where he can receive the ball with his back to goal and he's able to evade a press, much like Patino can in, a, in an impressive manner. So he's got those qualities where he can play deeper, but he's also fantastic at finding that, playing that risky pass and just opening teams up is really impressed me his, his quality on the ball uh, and the way he moves is really impressive but I think you know everyone can admit what catches the eye is his, is his shooting from distance which is exceptional and he and he just he has a highlight reel now of, of fantastic finishes um and it's just it's really exciting to watch so he's he's someone who seems to be able to play deeper play further forward play as a as a six and eight a ten he he has he has that ability to go and impact the game wherever he is. So he's a really exciting player, and it was really not a surprise to see that recognised by Mikel Arteta with him joining the squad for that game. And I think just that experience of being on the bench around those senior players, being in the dressing room, and kind of having that match day first team experience will be will be massive. It's it's such yeah. a massive difference. You can't replicate that anywhere. You can't replicate that in an under twenty three game or anywhere else. Um, so it is 
you know, and, and people kind of understandably wanted him to play and wanted him to come on. And I totally understand that. But what the, the experience he got from that would have been valuable to him and, and kind of an acknowledgement that if you carry on working hard like this, it'll be recognised and you'll be rewarded. So I think it was the experience he got, but also what it was saying to him was really important. Uh, Charlie Patino's obviously had quite a subdued uh, October. He has now yeah. suffered with this ankle injury, which meant he meant that he missed the both Leeds matches, uh, both the, the game in the League Cup and then yeah. the, the game against Leeds under 23s sides. He only played 34 minutes against Liverpool in, in that match, and he only played half of the game away at the end of September against uh, against Manchester City. Do you think that? him being out of the sides for however long this will be, and obviously we've got a game this weekend, but do you think that's going to be a big loss or do you think the way that Salah's kind of stepped up, it's it's going to fill that void that Patino not being there? I, th- I think having Salah in the side um, is 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 always a plus, especially when Patino's not there because he can step into being that creative force and, and having that sort of extra gear to make things work. He, you know, the, the thing about players like Patino and Salah is they take much less touches on the ball than everybody else, and they they see the pass quicker. Their mm. speed of thought, they see they see everything quicker than everyone else does. So, and I think a, a great example of this was um, last last night in the um, the game against um, Plymouth, um, where we, we had neither Salah or, or Patino, and it was really evident that you know our build up in midfield was was much slower. And we were just kind of not knowing how to progress to that to that you know that next phase. We were not transitioning players as well as we normally do with those two players in the squad. I think um, Rekic did really well, kind of bringing the ball out in 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 Ben White fashion, um, and that kind of did break the lines a little bit. But yeah. we struggled in that department, and uh, luckily we still had the quality to to get a goal back, but. But it's it's definitely noticeable when players like Salah and Patino aren't there. I love to see them on the pitch together. I think they complement each other really well. But when Patino's not there, at least Salah is there to offer that creativity and that quality. Do you think the result, I mean, last night obviously it was a one-one draw against Plymouth, which they're going up against senior people. It's gonna be a it's a it's a challenging situation for these youngsters. They didn't have a few players available. Salah, as you say, didn't play. Um, and, and we know that Patino wasn't there either. But they did start with following Balogun, who got the goal mm. as well. But it leaves... I, I don't know if this now... Does this end Arsenal's hopes of going through? I'm just looking on the tables. No, I think we need someone to win um, and not draw. And there is a possibility that I, I kind of... Uh, whether I shouldn't or... Sh- whether I should or shouldn't, I kind of don't pay too much attention to the formats of competitions mm. like this. And, and last night when it went to penalties, I was just like, what is this about? Like, you know, <laughs> nothing worse than a penalty shootout with no intensity and yeah. players that I don't think we really cared about. So getting- we need Swindon to, to beat Newport, um, yeah. which if you think about the fact that Swindon are already through uh, and Newport yeah. aren't, it's likely that Newport are probably going to get a result in that game yeah. and they only need to draw to go above You can Arsenal. see a bit of a bar draw coming there, can't you? You can. You can. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I assume it's not done on head-to-head because obviously Arsenal got a really good result against Newport, but I assume yeah. it's done by goal difference. So, yeah, I think so. 
yeah. it's uh, that that will be annoying for the young kids because going through in that competition would have been a great achievement to get yeah. out of a group of three senior sides would have been yeah. really really positive for them. Um, but we'll, we'll find out that out next week when the final fixtures take yeah. place. That's for I sure. think that competition on the whole has been really positive. I, I think I, you know I'm not a fan of the format, but I think it it gives our under twenty one team opportunities to play against men and i know you know the teams tend to field kind of their younger sides and mm. a lot of younger players in there but there's still a lot of senior players in there so it, it's something different for them and um, that they won't get at, at youth level and it's it's good experience for them yeah so, it's gonna i think it was that crucial kind of thing that a lot of the and obviously my my dad's a big Gillingham fan and he gets annoyed at seeing the Premier League youth teams get in. And I try and explain yeah. why the importance of it. Um, and yes, it does probably degrade the the competition's kind of, not pride, but you know, the stature of it, what it means when you've got youth teams playing in it. But yeah. it's so important for that follow through of, of development and giving those kids of the top, top, like the elite academies in the country, giving those kids the opportunity to play against senior players. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's something like we said earlier. You just you can't replicate it in in youth football at all, and, and and it just gives them a whole set of new problems and adversity to work through on the pitch, and it and they have to come up with their own solutions on the pitch, and that that's how you go and learn. Um, so it is it is important. We talked about both Patino and and Salah, but interestingly, Peter Goulding says, "Where do you think Aziz rates now amongst those those midfield three? Akinola in there having a really good season too. Uh, he's really struggled at Portsmouth to get many minutes, and there's a lot of talk about Arsenal considering a recall in January. Where do you see Aziz amongst those three? Is he clear of those if he's playing week in week out? It's a really good question, Peter, and and the, that's a really difficult question to answer. Where does he rate amongst? The current midfield three. So is that in our first team or our under twenty threes? I think it's in the under twenty three. So Akinola, Patino, Salah, is he above those? Oh, it, it depends where you want to play him. I think you could say that he would be above Akinola if you wanted to develop him into a six. If you wanted mm. Miguel to be a six and that's where you wanted him to be, then I think, you know, can you imagine Aziz, Patino and, and Salah together? That that's something yeah. that seems exciting. I think it, it raises a good conversation about Aziz's time at Portsmouth. And there's been something I've given a lot of thought to this week and, and read a lot about this week and listen carefully to, to what Danny Cowley's been saying, which is mm. it's very clearly been saying that he's invested in Aziz and he wants to develop Aziz into a player that can can work hard without the ball and can develop those the skills within himself that will benefit him so much in the future. And Aziz is working hard in training and he's acknowledging that and he's working hard on that side of his game. And what Carly said was something that was quite interesting is that that is quite common for, for young players that come from Cat One Academies or big clubs that they, they don't have that side of their game developed. Mm. And he used uh, the examples of um, Emil Smith-Rowe and Trevor Chalaber, who had at Huddersfield, who, who both came to him without that kind of ability of of working hard off the ball and where to be positionally. And so he's working hard on the training field with Aziz to correct that and to kind of add that to his game. And he's kind of said when when he can make those adjustments, then he'll get he'll get more time in the first team, which, you know, he came off the bench the night before last, I think. 
Yeah, um, which is that felt like it was in response, didn't it, to those claims about Arsenal wanting yeah. to recall him? But as yeah. if Portsmouth were panicking and thinking, right, well, we got to get him minutes, otherwise we're going to lose yeah. him. Possibly it could be, but but I I do think he's working hard, and and there is an investment and a development plan for Miguel at, at Portsmouth, and I and I, I honestly don't think Arsenal are, are looking at recalling him at all. I think they're probably mm. quite happy with what Danny's doing with him and how Danny's developing him. Um because they'll stand to benefit from that. So, you know, hopefully, you know, I'm, I'm proved right here and Miguel gets more more game time in the, in the coming weeks and, and months. And if, and if so, and if he can add those bits to his game, then he'll come back to Arsenal a better player, which is what we want, essentially. Um, so I've, I've, I kind of have a different scope on how things have gone for him at Portsmouth. I'm, I'm quite happy with 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 him having to go through adversity and having to work through that, because I think that's that's an important thing for him to go through. Um, I'm better for him to go through it now than go through it later. Um, Jonathan says, do you think either Hyne or Conquo is ready to become our second choice keeper if Leno leaves in January? It's interesting because both have been playing for the under 23s. It's, it's almost, they're almost kind of like, you can't separate them really because uh, they're, they know that they've got two really talented keepers. Hyne's yeah. got the benefit of also being a full fledged, a fully fledged international as well with Estonia. So yeah. that, do you look at that possible international experience giving Hyne the edge over a Conquo right now? You, you, Probably do have to think about that, and and I've flipped what my opinion on this a few times because mm. I think overall I've always been a bigger fan of a Conquo, and uh, I think his ability is probably, you know, I, well, I hate this expression, but people talk about ceilings a lot, so I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna use it. I think a Conquo's ceiling is probably higher, but um, you can't discount that experience that Hein has, and Hein probably you have to say is more ready to it. You know, if we had a um, a crisis, a goalkeeping crisis in the coming weeks, and both Leno and, and Ramsdale were out. Then I think that experience that Hein has would probably just get him the nod. Um, Last, because experience is everything for a goalkeeper, isn't it? And it's oh, yeah, like. Um, the last time kind of you we looked at from from most fans perspective was in pre-season uh, most fans aren't watching the under 23s games if we're being 100 percent honest it's yeah. it's hard to see them live anyway you can, i mean yeah. you'd have to go to them to see them live but thankfully arsenal are uploading quite a few of the the yeah. highlights to the games this season which is great but the, when we saw a conquer in pre-season that was a really difficult period for him he made quite a few mistakes Heim was looking a lot better yeah. than him. And so that leads that opinion from the fan base the last time they really saw them play. So I'm not surprised to see people start talking about Carl Hein a lot more. And they're watching him, of course, yeah. if they do see him in the highlights for, for Estonia too. They had a really good game against Wales and kept them out recently. So. Yeah, and and yeah, those saves against Gareth Bale really stick mm. in everyone's memory, don't they? And and that's kind of everyone's image of Hein right now. And and that that's a pretty impressive image of, of him keeping Gareth Bale at the door and, and that frustrated look on Gareth's mm. face. So, you know, I, I think that that does speak very loudly to everybody and kind of pushes Hein to the to the forefront. And there has been a couple of occasions where he's he's named Hein uh, either as the 19th man or something like that over a conquer. And, it, and it's, it's just got me thinking, oh, what, you know, is he leaning towards Hein a little bit more at the minute? But it's really hard to know, isn't it? And it's, I think one thing is for sure for me in January, one of them has to leave on loan because it, we can't be in a situation where one of those players is not playing senior football 
next next year. I think they're, mm. they're both good enough, but they need to now, and they're in that situation. Uh, Bereket says, are the likes of Amari Hutchinson and Taylor Aikido uh, Taylor Hart suffering from Betsy's three five two formation? Yeah, a little bit to be fair, but but that's football, isn't it? That's football, and you have to adjust to what your manager wants, and you have to find a way of adjusting to what the system is, and they need to do that. And I think they're, they're working to do that. And you know, I, I think I'm not sure. Kido for me, it looks like he's struggling with that a little mm. bit. He doesn't know where to be, and he doesn't he doesn't know how to kind of impose himself. And I think he he caught a little bit of a frustrated figure last night. I think there was a lot of times when he received the ball, and he he was very he slowed the game down. And I, and I think I could see Betsy on the sideline at one point wasn't happy with that, and he and he reminded mm. me a lot of Alexi Sanchez. You know, he used to get the ball and just stop. Yeah, and that's exactly yeah. what. Was doing last night. Do you think? Do you think this is because it's obviously the three-five-two system that Betts is using? A lot of clubs like their youth teams to play the exact same kind of system. I know that Arteta's not been really married to a, a, a set system. He's gone from he's, he's used the back three this season. He has yeah. used the three three at the back. He's used the four-two-three-one. He's kind of using this loose four-four-two with Lacazette dropping in behind yeah. Bamiang, so it looks like a four-two-three-one at times, but. Do you think the way in which Betsy's kind of very much stubbornly, not stubbornly in the sense that it's bad, it's, it's very successful, we're top of the league, but there is this kind of downside to it that the players are being developed in a system that's not used by the first team? Yeah, I think there are elements to, to that system and the systems Mikel play that mirror each other, which allow kind of in certain midfield roles, allow them to be replicated. So I don't think it's sort of drastically different in that sense, but it is different. Um there are, you know, we don't play with ring backs, but we do play with full backs that go very high up. Um, so there are some some kind of consistencies there, but it is odd to see that. It is odd to see the under twenty threes play a, a system that is not being played at all by the by the first mm. team. But I think maybe there's a there's a case of Betsy wanting to create some stability for the club. He's created a formula that allows us to be successful and score goals and attack very quickly um but i think some of the principles that he's he's setting that mikel wants to uh implement as well which is playing at a high tempo um switching to play quickly mm. um fewer touches quicker transitions they're all the same principles and i think that's the important part of the the teaching and, and i think betsy there was an interview um he did recently where he he talked about how he formations don't mean as much for him. And when you look at a pitch, you, you can only really see a formation for a certain amount of time. And actually it's about transitions. And, and that's, that's kind of where I guess it mirrors the first team more. It's about how we transition play. And um, both teams like to play out from the back. That's a big part of what we do. And, and that's maybe what they're trying to mirror. Um, mm. So yes, it is odd, but I think it works. But I won't be surprised to see Kevin Betsy tinker with things as time goes by in the in the second half of the season. And so it'll be interesting to watch to see if he does kind of give things a try, especially when maybe January comes and players leave on loan and, and he's got mm. different options in the squad. So yeah. Yeah, it goes down. It's interesting you bring that up because the last question of today and the last kind of focus of the show was going to be around Balogun and uh, Odorila. It says, um, if Balogun goes on loan, which strikers can cover for his absence? And obviously, uh, 
to go beyond that question as well. Balogun again had a brilliant month. Um, really, really shone. Uh, he scored obviously in the in the cup game last night, but he's got what five goals in those four games last month. Scored two yeah. against Brighton, one against Everton, two against Leeds. I know that there's penalties in there, but he's still scoring regularly. He's still being a captain, a leader for that side, and is showing his his might. He's yeah. not letting. He's not doing what I call a Saliba and sulking in the youth side. He's he's, yeah. he's continuing on and uh, and pushing forward with that and. When it comes down to what Audrey says there in the question, he could go on loan. And in my opinion, he probably should go on loan to get minutes at a senior level. How is Betsy going to cope with that? And do you think, actually, we talked about Kido Taylor-Hart. Could it be kind of an opportunity for him maybe to step up in that mark mm. alongside Bira? It could be. Yeah, it definitely could be. I think, first and foremost, with Balogun, he has to go on loan for me. I would, I would be gutted if, if come January, come the end of January, he's still here because... For a sense, under 23s football is easy for him and it's, mm. it's not challenging him enough. And I think when you, you play in that environment over and over again and it's not challenging you, you start to develop bad habits. And I worry about that with, with Low. Like at, at certain times last night, I thought he, he's trying to overplay things but, and he's sort of trying to create the wonderful goal at every opportunity rather than just, just play simply. Um, and there was there were certain times where he could have played someone in, but he... he took more touches to try and create a shot for himself. I mean, I mean, strikers will be selfish, but I, I felt like there was an element of overplay from him last night. And that's kind of bad habits you pick up when you lack that sort of intensity and challenge that, that you need at, at that level. And he, he's, he's really ready for senior football. I'm not saying he's ready for the Arsenal first team and, and to be in the first 11 week in, week out, but he's really ready for senior football and he needs that now. Uh, a lot of his counterparts have it when you think of Tyrese John Jules and, and other players like that. He needs it as well. For him to be here with us in the second half of next season, this season hmm. and not have it would be a travesty. So he needs he needs to be gone somewhere um, where he can play consistently at a good level. Um, what happens if he does go? Well, I think there are there are people from the under twenty threes, the the under eighteen, sorry, that that are knocking on that door. I mean, um, Marcelo Flores is is having a great season. Oh, his celebrations, they're insane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. He he's having a really good season, and he he seems to found some some consistency. And every time he's he gets into the box, you feel he, he's he can make something happen. Um, and he, you know he's impressed with his goal and assists this season, and I think he he's knocking on that door. And he's he's a player that can he's quite flexible. He can go wide. He can play as a ten. So I think he he could fit well in, into Betsy's three five two if if needed, uh, mm -hmm. if called upon. Uh, Kay and Edwards is another one who's who's doing really well in scoring goals and looks stronger um, than he was last season and. He's a really quick player. He likes to play up the shoulder. Um, so, you know, whether he could be a, a deputy coming off the bench for BRF, maybe. Um, that yeah. would be a good role for him, I think. And then it, it begs that question that we had before about Omari and, and about Kido and, and how they adapt and develop their game to fit into this system. And if they can do that, they'll, they'll be better off more dynamic footballers, really. And, and, and that's the challenge for them. And, and, and that is football. It's not all about you and building a team around you. That that's not modern football. Is it? Everybody has to pull away and sing to the same tune. And and I think they have to find a way of doing that. And I'm not sure 
you know how whereabouts exactly they play whether whether Hutchinson can play just off BRF or, or whether um, maybe using Hutchinson as a wingback might be something to think about. You know, there's, there's options there. And Kido does have that physique where he could go up front. And um, so that's something. Kind of that, the lacquer role that he's playing at the moment off of, off yeah. of the Bambier. Yeah. 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 There's something to, to look at there and, and, and try all that out and see if it works. And, and he could develop there. He's, he's an excellent player. Um, he's just he just needs to find his place in the team at the minute, and and hopefully they will. And I, I think I don't think either of those will go out on loan in January. I think they'll be the ones we'll we'll look we'll look at in the second half of the season to start mm. contributing with goals and assists. And once Balogun kind of goes, absolutely. Thank you, uh, Odirile, for the question. Who's reminding me that I for the first time pronounced their name correctly? So uh, <laughs> there we go. That's uh, it's a win today's. What I was what was being. I'll tell you. I'll talk more about this on the 8 a.m. show tomorrow and explain to me what's happened to me today. It's been a ridiculous day, um, but uh, it's ended really, really well. And Kev, thank you ever so much, as always, mate, for coming on to keep us up to date. And uh, I look forward to joining you again at the end of November. And, and fingers crossed we're still top. It's a pleasure as always. Thanks very much for having me. Lovely stuff. You can check out Kev's stuff at Scouting Indoors on Twitter. If you just type in Next Generation Arsenal, his account will definitely come up. And just to finish off the show, uh, there was a message in the chat box from Aditya who says, Hey, Tom, today is a special day and they're celebrating Diwali in India. So a happy Diwali to everybody that is indeed celebrating that uh, over in India so and anywhere else in the world, of course, as well. I hope you have a fantastic day. We will be back tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. Just a slight note that there has been a little delay on the Canton and Simeon show. I'll be joining Harry Simeon on his channel tomorrow. Uh, he missed his train today, so that's why he's not <laughs> available for today. But uh, we'll be joining him on a Chronicles of Aguna tomorrow evening, so make sure you're tuning in for that. But I'll see you tomorrow morning for the 8 a.m. show, as always. See you again very, very soon. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90-plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18-plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport. Powered by fans.